0: So, Jonathan.
1: Yes, Jacob.
0: How long have you lived here in Mexico?
1: Uh, We've been living here for 10 years now. Wow.
0: That's a long time. Yeah, a long time. So, let's see. I was... I've been here for 12 years. Yeah, we just finished 12 years in August. So something that's different between the two of us is you were already an adult, let's say. Yes. Well, yeah, you can call me that. <laughs> a little a little past a little past the uh the, the the bloom of youth. Yes, absolutely. Um when you moved here. I was eighteen yeah. when I moved to Mexico. Yeah. So my entire adult life has been in Mexico. Uh you had a whole nother life raising kids, everything in Canada. Yeah. Then you go to Mexico. yeah. So, and I'm still
1: raising kids in Mexico.
0: <laughs> well, your <laughs> wife just is not my own. <laughs> your wife is wait, raising you. hell, no, that's true. <laughs> Waiting for you to grow up. Well, we'll talk about that another time. And that's another subject. <laughs> so I was thinking I, I, I just wonder we're we're talking today about living in Mexico as a couple of gringos See. right and kind of what it's like being here from our our perspective. I think I think we should write a book about that. Yeah, I think honest, so too. Right. Yeah. So future episode note brainstorm what a couple of gringos the book would be like. Yeah,
1: it'll be a disaster.
0: Well, <laughs> anything we do, anything we do is a disaster. But um so so I was thinking like maybe the fact that I was younger when I moved to Mexico would kind of affect my perspective on it mm. because some things here, I just don't know any different, maybe. Yeah. And you had a whole nother group of experiences that you were pretty used to before coming here. And maybe it makes no difference at all. I just Not think that's big, an interesting. Yeah. Also, the fact that I'm from Texas and you're from Canada. Well, that, d- that is the big difference. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. definitely. So that's that's yeah. going to make some things different. Yeah. So you moved to Mexico 10 years ago. What was like the biggest change or the first big thing you noticed. Well,
1: the first the the biggest change that I think we had to go through was living conditions. Because the houses in Mexico are nothing like the houses in Canada. So, we were only here a few months and my wife started to cry about the living conditions. So, we had to seek out a little
0: bit nicer house. Oh my. So what what yeah. was it like the first house?
1: Well, the first time, it wasn't a bad house. It, 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 just, it just wasn't, it was very old. And so it was just, it was literally falling apart. And uh, the, the termites were eating the doors off the hinges. And you couldn't flush the toilet. Well, you could flush the toilet on a good day. Let's put it <laughs> that way. So my wife had gone beyond the limits of what she was about to bear there.
0: Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think what's funny is uh, this show is going out through the airwaves, the digital channels of the interwebs to people potentially all over the world. And there's probably tons of people out there that are listening to us complain about something like that and saying that we're a bunch of wimps. Yeah. And I also think how many places in US and Canada probably have living conditions that that are just as bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, like if you go to some parts of New York, for example, or other big cities, um, depending on how much you have to pay for rent, uh, you might be in horrible conditions too. But from from our perspective, I don't know everybody else, but from our perspective, it was crazy. Yeah. I I agree. you were
1: younger when you came, so it must've been more of an adventure for you.
0: Yeah. And to tell you the truth, we... Well, you moved to Monterrey. Yeah, which for those of you that are geographically challenged, like I am, uh, Monterrey is a super huge city. Yeah, millions of people. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. Yeah, definitely, it's in the top ten list.
1: Um, No, yeah, it it might be. It's around. It's about five to six million right now. Yeah, because Mexico City is around thirty-three million. Guadalajara is about twenty million, and then.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, it, now then, it feels like they, a baby compared to those. Well,
1: yeah, and then it starts to go down drastically. Those are the two major cities in
0: Mexico. But it's all, it's all relative. Yeah, I it's guess. all relative. Yeah. I mean, I came from a, a town of like ninety five thousand people. So yeah, even I I moved to uh, Ciudad Victoria, and that was uh, like three hundred and fifty thousand, and that yeah. was just like huge for me. It was metropolis, yeah. right? Yeah. But but my thinking is. I moved to comparatively a much smaller town than you did. Living conditions where we went just weren't, just weren't very bad. Like we didn't have termites and stuff like that. Yeah. With, we weren't paying, we were probably paying and, and I came with my whole family. We were six people and still with a large house for six people, we were probably paying the same amount as you were for rent. Yeah. Or yeah. a significantly smaller house in Monterrey, just because oh, yeah. it's a big city. Yeah. So, and much, living conditions. More expensive. Yeah. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. One thing I think is interesting as we're sitting in your house now in Nuevo Laredo, Mexico, that's on the border across the river from Laredo, Texas. Right. So now we're on a border town. I'd love to talk, I'd love to like just talk a whole episode about what it means to be on a border town.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a diff, absolutely different lifestyle than what a tourist would think of. Like when a tourist goes to Cabo, or you know, uh, you know anywhere like that Acapulco, uh, that's all tourism. It, it's nothing like that on a border town.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there's just unique, kind of unique situations and unique challenges and unique advantages. And it's just, it's a, it's a whole nother animal, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but neither of us moved to border towns. We moved deeper into the country. Yeah. Uh, Monterrey is a couple of hours. See uh, that Victoria is like, I want to say five hours south of the border. So it's pretty far into the country now. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, as I sit in your house here, one thing I noticed that is unique, that was very unique for us is we're sitting in a concrete house. Yeah. And I remember one of the big things that shocked me, I mean, utterly shocked me, is one day I'm laying on my bed and I look up at a concrete ceiling A flat concrete ceiling, right? Yeah. And my first thought was if there's an earthquake right now, I am DEAD dead, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no wonder when there's an earthquake in some parts of the world, it's like astronomical deaths and there's earthquakes in other parts of the world and like seven people are injured. And it's because a couple of two by fours falling on you and (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of pounds of concrete falling on you are very different things. One is potentially dangerous, probably more just an annoyance. And the other is life-changing, yeah. if not life-ending, ending. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We only have another ton of concrete on
1: top of us too, with a house built right on top.
0: Yeah. So there's a second oh. story yeah. above us. Yeah. So definitely we are, we're goners. In a major, if if Absol- this house collapses, yeah, we're done. Yeah. We're gone. Right? Absolutely. So I remember just sitting on my bed, looking up at the ceiling saying, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this is insane <laughs> why do people live like this yeah. right just waiting for the the shoe to drop except yeah. it's not a shoe yeah it's a whole freaking... Concrete slab of slab concrete, right? yeah. It's insane, right? That's right. <laughs> but I mean, hey, people and do it. And add
1: Neil in his bathtub on top of that, and it's game over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Neil is our upstairs neighbor, and he's now never allowed to listen to this podcast episode. <laughs> We're all going to be in big trouble. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, other stuff that was unique, or a surprise to you, or just struck you as different
1: um well the food certainly um the the, i mean it was well and it still is um near impossible to get a a a canadian meal or even an american meal unless you make it at home but even the american franchises in mexico they don't make the food the same way they they I don't really know how to say it, but it's it's done in the Mexican style. So when you're expecting like, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy and, you know, chicken or something like that, it's just not the same. They just do everything differently here. The food is delicious as long as you are enjoying the local fare. The tacos, the tostados, whatever it is that you're enjoying—if it is from the country of Mexico, it's very good. But American, Canadian-style food's not so well.
0: Yeah, that is—that's very true. Like McDonald's yeah. here, yeah, right, yeah, and McDonald's across. And uh, I'm married to a Mexican. Oh, she got her visa, I guess, a year ago, two years ago now. I don't remember, and. I remember telling her, wait until you go to a McDonald's across or wait until you go to Walmart across or to all these other places. Like, I mean, you, everyone has their opinion about fast food. It's not good for you and it doesn't even taste good really. But like you walk into a McDonald's and before you even open your mouth to speak, it's like they already know what you want and it's ready that fast. Yeah. Yeah, And you go here to McDonald's and you order coffee. And you wait around for like 20 minutes. it's a 20-minute process. (laughs) Yeah. I actually heard a story just the other day. Somebody went to McDonald's and ordered coffee, and uh, they waited for like 20 minutes, and then basically they were told, uh, we can't find the coffee. That's literally what they were told. Well, uh, we can't find the coffee. That's that's hilarious, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so there are a lot of, a lot of surprises, right? Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing that surprised me, is just a little thing, but it's, um, milk doesn't oh. have to be refrigerated Yeah, because they radiate that's their nasty. milk. <laughs> I remember hearing as a child that they do this in Europe apparently. Yeah. So there's like a whole percentage of the population that's like, well, what's wrong with that? Right? But as an American, we get our milk. Well, I don't know in the States now. I haven't been there in so long. Maybe they offer the uh, irradiated version. Yeah. But growing up, there was only one way to get milk in the refrigerated section. And here, there's actually two milk sections or milk aisles in the grocery store. There's the refrigerated dairy section where you can get cold milk. And then there's the -the on-the-shelf box milk version. They're both milk. Just one is... Um, what do they call it? Um call it a tetra pack. <laughs> yeah, but w- well what mm-hmm. do they what do they call it when they when they cook out the bacteria? Oh, they pasteurize it. They pasteurize it. Ultra pasteurize it. Right. So you have like the normal pasteurized milk that's in the fridge section and then you yeah. have this irradiated milk yeah. that's in yeah. the, the the box section. Yeah. It's just it's insane. Right. Yeah.
1: But that's that's, that's because we learned down here that most people don't have a refrigerator. And, yeah, and, they, and' and and the milk has to be out in a box, and they use it and that's kind of the idea,
0: yeah, so, and if you open it and you use it within about a day of of exactly. opening it and yeah. it's not gonna go bad no. so i mean hey no. it it works for a lot of people yeah. uh yeah what was what was your biggest expectation when it came to 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 moving down to Mexico, and was that expectation met like like what did you envision? And w- did that vision come out to be a reality or not?
1: Yeah, let me put it this way. Everything I envisioned Mexico to be was absolutely wrong.
0: That's because all absolutely you thought about wrong. was the drinks with the little umbrellas in That's them on the true. beach, right? That's
1: true. I was thinking tequila and
0: tacos. That was it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which but, there is plenty
0: uh, of those, but yes, it's absolutely. a whole other world. Yeah,
1: but the culture, you think that you know it, but you don't. And, um, but the food is, is pretty much, um, what I expected it to be. Uh, and, and of course, you know, a lot of things were what I expected to be, but the culture, um, especially with, um, you know, you, you can't joke around too much with the culture. You have to be very, very careful because the culture here is on a different comedic level. And so you have to be very careful that you don't, uh, offend. And so, that was one thing that struck me as well is that they don't understand a lot of our idioms and expressions.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. You know, anywhere you go for sure. Definitely. Um, I think, I think I've told you this story off the air before about um, what I envisioned. I would see like the way I envisioned Mexico, right? Yeah. I had a very clear idea of what, what I would see in Mexico. And it was, um, this is like this guy with like a beer belly and a tank top oh, with yes. like a really big oversized <laughs> mustache. Yeah. And he's sitting in like a plastic chair of some kind or some kind of chair, and he's just like sweating and hot and he's like he's got his head back and his eyes closed and he's got uh like a like a beer, a bottle yeah, of like Corona cerveza. right yeah. in his in his hand. And then he's watching the TV and he's got a little one of those little fans. With the little different colored streamers yeah. blowing yeah. out at him. He's yeah. got the fan on his face yeah. with the beer and he's just drenched in sweat. Yeah. And like, obviously that's not what Mexico's like, right? No, you were watching way too many Cheech and Chong <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. But I kid you not, it took about, I want to say two or three years. I kid you not, one day I was with a friend, we walked up to this house The door was open, the front door is open, and we looked through the front door, and sitting there was, to the detail, exactly what I had envisioned. Here's this guy, middle age, maybe 45, the big oversized mustache. His hair is kind of long. It's just all matted because it's like covered in sweat. It was a very hot day, right? And he just looks exhausted. Like he came in from work and he's sitting there. He's got the beer and he's got the fan with the streamers. I was like, I was beside myself. Yeah. I, re- I literally thought I had the ability to foretell the future in that second. Like, yeah. how is this possible? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes um, those expectations, maybe they're based on movies, maybe they're based on stereotypes, yeah. but it doesn't mean they're not true somewhere. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Certainly not Somebody true Somebody has seen that vision. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I know we got to go. I think yeah. we're going to have to definitely do another episode in the future about uh, living on the border and about Mexican food. Absolutely. I I could talk for hours about Mexican food, how awesome it is and how interesting it is too. All right. So this is Jacob Patrick signing off and uh, we'll catch you next time. And Jonathan Graves Wright signing off. See you later guys. Bye-bye.